Welcome to the System Speak podcast. If you would like to support our efforts at sharing our story, finding stigma about dissociative identity disorder, and educating the community and the world about trauma and dissociation, please go to our website at www.systemspeak.org where there's a button for donations and you can offer a one-time donation to support the podcast or become an ongoing subscriber. You can also support us on Patreon for early access to updates and what's unfolding for us. Simply search for Emma Sunshaw on Patreon. We appreciate the support, the positive feedback, and you sharing our podcast with others. We are also super excited to announce the release of our new online community, a safe place for listeners to connect about the podcast. It feels like any other social media platform where you can share, respond, join groups, and even attend events with us. Go to our webpage at www.systemspeak.org to join the community. We're excited to see you there. Our guest today is Peter Maves. Dr. Maves is a licensed clinical psychologist practicing in Colorado since 1982, specializing in the treatment of complex trauma and dissociative disorders. He is a graduate of the University of Colorado at Boulder and the former assistant director of the Emergency Psychiatric Service of Boulder. He was the clinical director of Adams Community Mental Health Center and developed and was the clinical director of Centennial Peaks Hospital's Trauma and Dissociative Disorders Treatment Program. He was the clinical director of Columbine Hospital's National Trauma Center. Dr. Maves has served as a practice monitor for the Grievance Board State of Colorado and was an oral licensing examiner for the Colorado State Board of Psychologist Examiners, Department of Regulatory Agencies. Dr. Maves is a frequent presenter at national and international conferences on the treatment of complex trauma, dissociative disorders, traumatic brain injuries, and military trauma. He was a clinical instructor for 20 years, supervising PhD students in the Department of Clinical Psychology, University at Colorado at Boulder. He is a fellow and former board member of the International Society for the Study of Trauma and Dissociation, where he is currently co-chair of the Regional and Virtual Conference Committee and the chair-elect of ISSTD's professional training program. He is a diplomat in clinical forensic counseling and a member of the European Society for Trauma and Dissociation. Welcome, Peter Maves. Hello. Hello there. Thank you for taking time to speak with me. Well, absolutely. Thank you for... Um including me in this uh, process. I am I am excited to speak with you. My favorite memory of you was in San Francisco, getting to sit next to you while we ate octopus. 
<laughs> right, right. Enjoyed a moment of sociality that would have been the opening of the conference before everything happened. Right, yes. That, uh, you know, I think about that. That was uh, quite... Uh, you know, it was really quite an event to 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 have the event and have it all have it scheduled, and then the day of the board meeting, uh, have the World Health Organization declare a pandemic, and then have to fold it all down. It. I'm I'm currently in Seattle at the conference. It's about to start this weekend. And already just seeing people, some of the people who were there in San Francisco, it has been far more emotional than expected of that restorative process of kind of bookending that experience, even though it's so ongoing in lots of ways. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. You know, I did, um, I was down in uh, Nashville for the... Um, uh, for the conference there, and uh, uh, you know, it was just n- n- nice to nice to be someplace rather than just sequestered at home and sequestered in the office. And you know, uh, one of the things though that I think is um, is interesting is that you know I had really. Uh, planned on cutting back clinically uh, before the pandemic started and do more with ISSTD and, you know, to uh, take over for a while the professional training program and to be together with uh, Jill on the the virtual committee and, and of course, to stay with the finance committee. And, um, and all of a sudden, once the pandemic hit, my goodness, I mean, I, I saw people back, you know, clients and, and, and patients that I had not seen in years. And it, it tapered off a little bit as things, as, as we got into vaccines and so forth and so on. But I'm seeing, I'm still seeing that, um, higher level of demand now and um i don't know if i i I think as you recall um uh uh, mark muret and i did that um that training that webinar uh, training over the over six months is in in response to what we felt was going to be a uh an increase in in uh demand and people coming in you know and i and i think we're we really are feeling the post in post-traumatic stress right now i i would absolutely agree and those trainings that you two did those months during the pandemic were incredible i was always surprised that um, more people were not accessing them i know i know they're available but it was some of the best training that i had seen and i got introduced to so many different kinds of things and so many somatic pieces that i did not know about or did not 
have examples of how to implement in this kind of context with people that was really, really helpful. So I appreciate that you two did that. Well, you know, it's it's interesting the way that I, and I may have said this, the way I met Mark, I uh, was presenting at the European Trauma Society and they, had, they were uh, in Belfast. <clears throat> and... Um, and I went into a seminar room and I sat down in the middle and everybody came in and uh, and and Mark walked in and I realized that I was in the wrong seminar room <laughs> that I that I had no intention of of, of hearing him uh, I I thought that I was going to be hearing somebody else but you know I was kind of in the middle and there were a lot of people there so I thought well I'll just stay. And goodness, what a difference it made. I mean, um, you know, he, he, he brought to light and, and put together some techniques and ideas and ways of approaching um, trauma and dissociation that, that I had not seen before. And, you know, really much more of a, um, you know, bottom-up kind of approach rather than top-down. It, it was it was really fascinating for me. It was good experience, both personally to sort of try things out a little bit and, and see what that was like to be trying some of those techniques. And then the complete therapeutic reframe really changed my practice over the last two years. I would absolutely agree. I mean, I, um, you know, uh, for uh, on and off, uh, maybe a, a, for a lot more a few years ago, I was seeing a lot of um, I was seeing a lot of vets, and I was seeing a lot of uh, service members that some of whom had gotten kind of sideways, either um, you know, you know, within their within their platoon or squadron or something and, and and but mostly they were dealing with PTSD and I I saw a um, uh, a gentleman and he came in and you know pretty much indicated that that they were wanting him to go back and that he didn't think he could uh, he he didn't he did not feel like it was uh, ethical for him to, to go back into being a squadron leader in a combat situation because he was it was too shaky. And um, so I listened to him and I, um, at the end of the, uh, our session, I said, uh, you know, I, I showed him a, a picture of that kind of squashed figure eight that, that Mark uses and I said that I wanted him to go home and draw that on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and uh, that I would see him in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and, you know, I, I saw that look on his face, which was, what in the world <laughs> am I doing with th this person? You know, what is he telling me to do? But, uh, and he is a big man. And so the next time he walked in and he sat down and he didn't sit back. He looked at me and he said, he said, Doc, he said, I don't know what that 
goddamn thing was that you told me to do, but I feel better. <laughs> so, uh, you know, kind of uh, effective, uh, effective therapy that sneaks up on you. That's so true. That's so true. We, we sort of jumped right into some of our shared colleague experiences over the last few years. Catch, catch us up on your story of how you even found out about trauma and dissociation. Can you go back to the beginning and tell us that? Yeah, I, you know, um, I had, uh, I had done quite a bit of work while I was getting my PhD, um, with the emergency psychiatric service in, uh, Boulder, in Boulder, Colorado. And I became the assistant director, and um, so I was uh, I, I was used to working emergency, and so the the first um, the first position, first job that I had when I when I uh, got my degree was to manage a mental health center, community mental health center office, and um and the way that they ran that at that point was that they split emergency from morning to afternoon and somebody in the office would take say the morning shift on monday and somebody take the morning or the afternoon shift on monday afternoon etc through the week and i um and i decided and wanted to uh take an emergency shift because i really didn't know the community it was North Denver, and I didn't know it that well, and I wanted to kind of get a sense of what was going on. So I took a, you know, if you ever want to know what's going on in a community, take an emergency shift on a Friday afternoon, and um, which I did. And I saw a woman who came in that was clearly anxious and agitated and, uh, uh, you know, had um, indicated that she was having a horrible time at home and, that her sister was there with with her uh, teenage boys, and she had uh, three or four children, and and she was just having a terrible time. So I, I had her see the um, the psychiatrist uh, in the office, and I scheduled another time for her, and she didn't show up uh, for for the next week, and so I didn't think anything about it. And then about a month later. Uh, she showed up and um, and she reported that things were better, that uh, her sister had left and that things had calmed down at home. And so I had a chance to, I kind of took my eyes off of her and, and, and looked out the window or something. And I looked back and I, I had to, I had this strange feeling that, that there was somebody else there and so i said to her i said you know this is really going to sound strange but um i don't i don't think that you're quite the same person that came in here and she looked at me and she said well uh, it's about time that you caught on and i thought you know <laughs> what have i caught on to what's going on here and um and that's what put me in the path of starting to try to find out everything I could about, at that point, multiple personality disorder. Um, fortunately, there were a couple of uh, clinicians in the Denver area that 
had started to work with um, dissociative conditions, and that's what got me going. I mean, um, that really blossomed for me in terms of uh, starting to, to find out everything I could. Um, there was a psychiatrist uh, in the area who was um, had, had located uh, Rick Clough and was uh, getting supervision consultation from him. And, and that led to um, forming an organization at that point, um, which later became a, uh, a group within ISSTD. You know, back at that time, I mean, I'm talking almost 30 years ago, um, we didn't have, there, there was a lot of, of formality to, to much of what ISSTD did. Um, but there were a number of uh, uh, study groups uh, across the, the United States. Um, and the one that I started together w- with three or four other um, clinicians and several psychiatrists uh, turned into um, 250 plus people attending monthly meetings. So uh, we were able to to do our own conferences. We, because there was, there was really no way to get information. It was, it was very difficult except through like Rick Clough and, and some of the writings, it was extremely difficult to get information about treatment. Uh, And, and we were faced with the same kinds of issues that we're faced with now maybe not quite as prevalent, but I think still that the, the, the diagnosis is misunderstood and it is um, looked at as uh, really a, not a substantial diagnosis and, and, and discounted in a lot of ways. And so it was very difficult to, to, to find training. And so what we were able to do was we were able to start to bring people to the uh, to the Denver area. So we brought Rick and Kathy Steele and Colin Ross and Jim Chu and Bennett Braun and uh, you know it goes on and on and on. We were able to bring them. Bessel Bessel um, did a conference for us uh two and a half days that we did uh in the copper mountain setting and so we kind of brought you know we we started to generate training for ourselves uh and um and then now you know that all of those those groups there you know the the ones that we were associated with in in the denver area in the rocky mountain area and then the New England Society and um, a lot of the things that um, Willa Wertheimer and Ed were doing in Chicago. And so now that has come together, you know, thanks to to you all, thanks to the, um, you know, thanks to, to, the, to the really uh, substantial administrative um, knowledge uh, has started to bring things 
together into regional communities and so forth, which I'm really delighted to see. And, um, you know, and, and, and I'm delighted to be associated with Jill um, Jose in terms of the virtual and regional, because I really feel that the, that the regional conferences, when we can get, and I think we're going to be able to do it this year, that uh, when we can be in person really presents that um, get together, know everybody just like you talked about. Gee, it's so good to see somebody. Um, and that affords us the opportunity to do training. It affords us to do the opportunity to do networking. Um, it expands our presence in terms of, of marketing and awareness. So, um, you know, things have really, um, it, it, it was a pretty, in the beginning, it was a, um, a pretty small group with, with uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the mainstays right now. But, you know, ISSCD also has gone through uh, its growing pains and and I mean, interestingly enough, there was a time when our conferences, our conferences for 10 years, 10 years plus were always held in Chicago. Um, and um, <clears throat> that was because we were, the main sponsor was Rush Presbyterian and that's where uh, Rick Clough, that's where Bennett Braun was, uh, and, and a number of, uh, of Kathy Fine, and um, a number of the uh, originators of the society were, were practicing uh, and seeing people at Rush Presbyterian. And so uh, they, they sponsored the conferences in, in Chicago. And those, those conferences built to a place where where it would not be unusual to have a thousand twelve hundred people um, coming into the conference so uh, the the organization was nowhere near as cohesive and well managed as it is now but there were still there was still a lot of interest uh, in in what was going on, and uh, um, and it was that uh, you know that that was my total um, almost a hundred percent training and how to be able to to do the work um, the annual conference. Um, I, I presented and and I listened and um, uh, it, it, there wouldn't have been I wouldn't have known what to do if it hadn't been again for bringing the people to the Denver area and then being able to go to the to the annual conference it it uh, it, it, it it had that quality of you know thank goodness that there's a place that uh, we can go and and really receive informed training, but also the, um, I think one of the things that is so different 
about ISSTD is the fact that, you know, yes, we have experts, but nobody's a quote unquote expert. I mean, everybody's was accessible and you could, uh, you know, I could talk to anybody. I could go to anybody and that was really valuable and still is quite frankly. I mean, um, I am, I'm now doing more of the, um, consultation clinic format. What, what, what I'll be doing in person, um, with Rich Lowenstein, um, coming up here, um, at the conference, you know, momentarily. And, and to me, that is a, um, it's really valuable because you know, you can bring, everybody can bring the, the kinds of circumstances and situations that they run up against that, and be, because, because the individuals that we work with have such complexity and uh, that th- these kinds of consultation clinics, I think are extremely valuable because we can, um, Rich and I, from our experience, we can offer ideas, but I get as many ideas from the participants who are there that, that, that I'm putting out. So it's it's still happening. It's still um, it's 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 that that exchange of information. I mean. Do you, do you get a sense of that? I mean, um, you know, you're, how long have you been with us now? A couple of years? With ISSTD? Yeah. Um, at least four years, if not longer, yeah. plus some years yeah. in the 90s. Right. So, I mean, is that, um, you know, is that the kind of experience that you also get a sense about? I have found that the trainings are very formative and that there is so much happening with research that it's the fastest and easiest way to get the most recent updates but also if there's anything i've learned from these trainings is how you how it has to be so foundational on the actual treatment for complex trauma for DID. And I think it's so, so necessary because the, I mean, the reason I work so hard for the PTP program or for the webinars or help with the ways that I do is, is because I really, really believe in what it's doing. And part of that is because starting with my generation and the people who have come after me, their entire education has missed the psychoanalytic training and simple things like transference and countertransference and um, all those pieces that come into play through the process of therapy, much less being such a significant part of DID treatment and it's just it's so needed it's so needed what you're doing well and i really appreciate the help i think the um the professional training program is an example of 
what now exists. I mean, in in a in a very comprehensive form, thanks to to uh, to Sue and Joan and and everybody who has spent so much time putting it together. But you know, th- these are kind of, as you say, kind of foundational opportunities um, that that we didn't have uh, in in uh, at the at the beginning. Um, you know, we didn't have. You know, I'm I'm frankly I'm not altogether sure how much any anyone going through graduate program now um, learns or has exposure to dissociation. Maybe maybe more so post traumatic stress, but even that, not so much. And um, so the the professional training program really provides that uh, opportunity for, as you say, you know, making sure that we say, okay, you can check the box here to know, you know, what you need to know about the structure and foundation of of treatment, um, and I think it's extremely valuable. And um, and I'm not so I I'm not sure that it that I, I have to guess that what ISSTD is doing is is unique with other professional society from other professional societies i mean do you get a sense of that i mean are other societies do they have this kind of foundational training and the comprehensiveness that isstd has i think that i think that so many people especially since the pandemic are looking for online trainings and and things like that but when you talk about the comprehensiveness that's part of what this has to offer because it is the actual founders of the field speaking and presenting or consulting or teaching or giving case examples or walking through the actual theory it is a profound moment in history that is being recorded as much as the educational offering that it is right right and i um and again, I mean, the, you know, when I teach a sequence, um, I always learn something, you know, I'm, I'm trying to impart certainly my experience and experiences. Um, and I'm, I'm always hearing things that I, you know, that I haven't thought about or approaches that um can be useful so it's uh you know it's that it's that interactive um uh, uh, part of what we do that i think is so so important and it, it, it really is the case that we are confronted with um you know extremely complex and difficult clinical circumstances and situations um and so you know much to the benefit of being able to have the support that that you know that that coming together affords us but um you know there were some um 
there were some dark days uh, in terms of, of ISSTD and the field, and that you know that principally relates to the, um, the the kind of onslaught of the false memory syndrome. Um, uh, you know, movement, uh, pressure, and so forth and so on. And, and that was, um, you know, that, the, I think that that really uh, tested the, um, the strength and conviction of, um, of our group of ISSTD and, um, and brought up a really genuine, well-founded uh, debate about what we were doing and and what was going on and and I mean it it you know for a while it really uh, diminished our ranks, if you will, because individuals were uh, clinicians were uh, were apprehensive about. Um, coming into uh, the treatment of, of uh, well, we didn't at that point, we were not calling it uh, complex post-traumatic stress, but, uh, but there, was, there, there was that reluctance. Um, and I think it's, it's, as you say, it's through, I, I think the, the positive that came from that beside Beside our taking the time to to look amongst ourselves and to say, well, what are we doing here, and how, in fact, do we substantiate our treatment methods? And I think from that, we've we're seeing the work like with Bethany Brand in terms of the top studies uh, that we're starting to see more and more and more. Um, very thorough and very substantial research, which is quite frankly what um, what we need, as you say. I mean, you can you, you you can find information, you know, quickly by by looking at the uh, you know what those, those who are doing the research and and the reference sites and, and what they're looking at so it's it, it's it was an interesting and, and also difficult time um, I remember that uh, I very distinctly remember uh, an opening day of a conference way back when when Frank Putnam um, stood up and said you know this is we have to take we have to look at ourselves and we have to look at uh, our methodology and we have to be extremely aware of of the the accusations here and while we may feel and they they are inaccurate uh we still have to look at ourselves and and I think that that's something that ISSTD has has um, has really been really been good about um, that that we've listened to our own 
members and we've gone through the process and I think we're, we certainly came out on the other side of um, uh, of those of those years but it was um, it was difficult and um, yeah, and I mean, were you involved? When, uh, you were kind of involved maybe at the tail end of that, right? Well, it's interesting because I was a client during the memory war years and impacted in that way through some of that drama and then was becoming a clinician following that. And so I sort of had both sides of the experience and saw the impact both ways, which is actually one of the reasons I started the podcast because I felt like there was such a residual effect of the trauma that we all collectively experienced both as clients and as clinicians because of all that. Right, right. Um, and, um, you know, I think that we are we're kind of we're kind of slowly building our ranks back, if you will, and um, you know, every everyone has stayed the course, and and I think we've become um, we've become better for it. And I again, I am I'm really delighted to see the uh, the research and the substantiation. Uh, that's coming from the research and and that we have you know that we have a strong scientific com- committee that they're they're really looking at again continuing to look at the underpinnings and and what are we doing and how can we how can we present what's happening because it's um, I there's an edge of what I do that is uh, expert testimony and forensic. Um, I, I tend to work almost exclusively with uh, public defenders uh, because they can't um, they can't find people to work with them either a because of a lack of knowledge about dissociative process and complex post-traumatic stress and that they don't pay very much so uh, you know uh, it's like well you know we need your help and you're going to go into court and you're going to get yelled at and and somebody's going to try to uh, indicate that you don't know what you're talking about, and oh, by the way, we're not going to pay you very much. So it's you know, it's not a it's not a popular endeavor, but for me, it's a it's a necessary endeavor. How and as you can well imagine, in if if there's doubt and if there's skepticism in the in the in the general group of treatment professionals about dissociative process and about dissociative identity specifically, you can well imagine and certainly understand the amount of skepticism that uh, is in a forensic setting um, and and attempting to 
to go into a uh, uh, courtroom setting and 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 substantiate that this person really does didn't remember and doesn't remember what happened or why it happened or who they were at that point and so forth and so on. So, but that's I'm not altogether sure that we're going to have much impact on that forensic setting um and and that's understandable um and we have some um phil kinster uh steve frankel uh peter barach who's i don't know if he's still a member but i know he's active in in um uh, rich chavez uh uh, uh you know, these are individuals who brought information about uh, how, how to deal forensically. I, uh, I was, um, I was testifying in, in a very, very high-powered, intensely uh, dramatic case, and uh, the 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 prosecuting attorney, the DA, at one point stopped, and he. He said, Dr. Maves, he said, um, how many years have you been practicing voodoo medicine? <laughs> and I, I, I said, excuse me, Mr. Cooper? He said, oh, you know, never mind. And I said, and so I said to the judge, I said, you know, I'd, I'd like Mr. Cooper to repeat that question to me, please. You know, I mean, that's the kind of, that's the kind of, um, understandable skepticism in a forensic setting, but I still think that there is a tremendous amount of um, of skepticism across the board, and uh, and to maybe be gentler about that, uh, at least a lack of understanding. Um, you know, it, it it it's always of interest to me to hear from a colleague that I've known for years who's a senior person who, you know, has acquired someone dealing with DID or thinks that and comes to me for some consultation and um, and how little they know about um, the process. And it's... Um, I guess it isn't. It shouldn't be surprising, but but it it continues to be surprising. Um, but we're we're chipping away, and the thus the idea of the 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 regional conferences. Although I I still think for the most part we're we're, we're training those who already understand uh, about dissociation. But if we can. If we can reach a few that um, that that haven't heard and and want uh, training, we're doing one in Denver here, and I have I probably have five or six people that I'm hoping to have come to the conference uh, professionals that um, are really are really starting to to do the clinical work and the treatment for the first time and where I'm consulting with them and where they can where they can uh, sit and listen to Colin and get a, a very comprehensive uh, view of what's going on. So 
I think we're I think we're getting there, and 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 you know, I mean, you're you're involved at the the educational level, and we're we're doing a lot, aren't we? I hope so. We're trying, and to hear your story from those beginnings of trying to research and teach each other while you're learning actively in the process of what to do or how to help all the way up through the top DD studies now or the fMRI studies from Simone Reindeers or all of these these this research that's coming out now it's just a profound transformation through through this study and of of treatment and and how to care well for people who struggle with dissociation what would you say to a new clinician who is just learning about dissociation how would you explain that to them or help them understand what they're seeing you know and that's a great question in that that's much of what I find myself doing when someone comes to me for consultation. I mean, what what I'm trying to do now is, um, you know, if someone comes and says, "Gee, I'd like to see you on this and that," I'm I'm kind of hoping that they are with a therapist, and that what I can do is keep the client with their therapist, and that I can you know, then encourage that therapist to to do the professional training program and I can be a consultant and so forth and so on. But, uh, you know, I I usually, you know, (laughs) grab Judith Herman's book off the shelf and say, um, take this, you know, and read this uh, as a starting point. And, And I really try to put the 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 dissociative process into a into her her conceptualization in terms of a complex post-traumatic stress uh, reaction and to try to really help new clinicians understand that we we usually see a combination one or the other and usually both of some kind of an attachment uh, issue some kind of disorganized attachment so that we have um so that we have you know a developmental history where one or both of the parents or or, or primary people in the client's life has some level of problem alcoholism uh, um, maybe more severe problems bipolar uh, uh, and so forth and so on perhaps themselves dealing with um, PTSD so you've got this combination of uh, an an attachment um, uh, issues disorganized attachment and and typically abuse uh, as you know and so, so we get that combination. But I, I try to have the someone who's just beginning, I'm again, back to where we started today, to have a foundation to say, this is what your client is dealing with, even though 
they they are not able to to talk about it and um and and, and try to help with some of the basics you know that there are so many points of diagnostic confusion and so much overlap with our clients that uh, that's how they come to us with such a need and how how we find ourselves um you know really trying to reach out for some help and clarification and thus the consultation clinic and the training that that we're providing and so forth and so on um but it is that mixture it really is so when you start looking at the kind of common points around post-traumatic stress the the top one is the vacillation between kind of hyper arousal and 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 on guard you know uh, flashbacks and in contrast to that numb that very numbed and constricted place and so um if you're not familiar with if if you're not diagnostically familiar with complex post-traumatic stress and and with dissociation and did it's very easy to say this is this is a bipolar reaction there's this there's this i had a on one of my treatment units that that i started i had a a um of extremely well known from the medical school in denver come to my unit every friday uh uh a uh, psychiatrist uh, and and talk about diagnostics but he <laughs> he would come on a a trauma and dissociative disorders treatment unit and and diagnose everyone as bipolar and so i so i finally took him to lunch and i said look i said just listen to me you know i'm buying lunch so you get to listen to me and and i said it it's it, you know it it looks like it's the old you know quacks like a duck swims like a duck flies like a duck but it's not a duck that that that, that that's a that's a phenotype it's it looks like it and to his credit he actually w- went off to become the chair of a department of a very very well known uh psychiatric department and wrote a, wrote a small book about um the confusion between uh post traumatic stress uh presentations and bipolar disorder but so i think for someone starting out i want them to have a sense that yes you're going to see all of these things you're going to see there's a- almost always a sequence in in uh, dissociation post traumatic stress again from this kind of highly hypervigilant overactive to numbed and constricted to kind of themes of denial to to all the hopelessness and helplessness to a certain level of repetitive behaviors that can look and can be very obsessive compulsive but all of this is is back to that place where we look to classic post traumatic stress as a, the quote unquote loss of mastery and control 
And so when I try to help someone who's starting out in the treatment is to say, yes, you're going to see all of these things and you're going to feel all of these things because one of the dilemmas that we face is that individuals who have been immersed in this inescapable trauma, this, this, this overwhelming attachment kinds of problems and, and or abuse is that you're going to, you're going to have a lot of characterological process come up and um you know i speak about this a lot um have spoken about it a lot because that complicates things and so you know you've heard it i've heard it a a million times well it's not it's not dissociative identity stuff it's 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 just borderline it's just um you know some type of personality disorder well there's no just to that that that's a uh, that that in and of itself is those conditions are difficult to work with and difficult for us as clinicians to work with because there are so many um you know action defenses there's so much splitting there's there there's there's so much projective identification that we can really get knocked off of our feet. So that's another thing that uh, when someone is starting is to say, find some type of consultation group, find someone who can help you, you know, and obviously connect with, (laughs) with ISSTD, you know, and start to go to the conferences, start to do the professional training, um, start to understand the 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 what's going on from a from a very comprehensive standpoint but it's um and you know i really do say that that you that as as a new clinician and me as an old clinician we're going to be we're going to have days where we're just flattened my wife is an art therapist we work collaborate she worked in in uh, trauma for also for 30 plus years and, uh, uh, and we work collaboratively and, and thank goodness for that, that I can, you know, I can come home and go, Oh my goodness, you know, that I'm, that I'm just flattened and that, that, that that's, that's, that's part of it. Um, that it's, that that's what happens. And we just, Again, we reach out for the support and understanding that we get through ISSTD and, and through, through really working collaboratively. I, because of my inpatient, um, you know, um, creating and directing units, um, I have a, a very much of a collaborative kind of sense about things. I work collaboratively with a physical therapist who was involved with a trauma program here in Boulder, Colorado for a while, run by Bob Scare. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm, I very much like to have a um, more of a team approach. Um, and, you know, and, and, and that's, that's also what I talk to 
someone who is just beginning to work in, in the area to say, you know, get some consultation, get some people that can come in and assist and help you uh, because we we all need it. Uh, you know, I, I certainly continue to, to need and, um, you know, I'm just trying to <laughs> find a way to figure it out and, and to help them. So it's kind of a <laughs> it's kind of a mouthful, isn't it? When somebody starts out, you're, you're kind of giving them a lot in a hurry. It's a lot to untangle and a lot to stay present with. And in the case with DID, it's so many threads to keep track of. Yeah, it it it, it really is. Um, one of the things though that I talk about when I when I do training, and especially with uh, community mental health centers um, is that, that we really are doing basic therapy. We're doing good therapy. Um, and as you say, it's, it's extremely important to have an understanding of the kind of basics of what we imagine goes on in, in the treatment setting so that it's that it's helpful to know that yes, we're going to have these countertransference. We're going to have these feelings. We're going to we're going to be seen in a variety of ways. We we're we're going to we are in the case of more characterological process. We, we are going to feel. We're going to feel. We're really going to feel. And in a lot of cases, we're going to feel diminished and unsure of ourselves, and so forth and so on. But um, but but it's really the, the the core is as as it always is is a you know therapy approach is a you know is where you go for your foundation and um, and I'm not particularly concerned about the uh, a particular therapeutic approach. Um, I think it is important to know, no, no matter what approach, I think it is important to know about our own reactions in terms of countertransference and how we're going to be seen by our clients and, and patients in terms of transference. But um, I think it's just good, do good therapy and then find out the, 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 the nuances and the amplification that we provide through um, through our ISSTD training, that that becomes important because it certainly is is uh, you know some someone who ha- has never been in the room when someone makes a a move from one place to another, from one state to another, that can be pretty unnerving. And, uh, you know, they, it, 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 it's really good to have that preparation. I just want to close with, I think that that's absolutely true. And I appreciate you sharing both the history and the importance of us learning together, the different generations, the unfolding research, all of it is so, so powerful and is what brings healing both to us as 
clinicians who have endured so much as well as the people that we are trying to help who have endured so much. But thank you for talking to us today and I am so grateful that you were able to come talk. Listen, thanks for having me. And um, and listen, I greatly appreciate the work you're doing. I mean, I really see, as you've heard me today, I really see that the training function uh, is, is, is such a substantial core for ISSTD. And so onward and upward to both of us. Thanks for having me. Take good care. Thank you so much. Goodbye. See ya. Thank you for listening. Your support really helps us feel less alone while we sort through all of this and learn together. Maybe it will help you in some ways too. You can connect with us on Patreon and join us in our new online community by going to our website at www.systemspeak.org. If there's anything we've learned, it's that connection brings healing. We look forward to connecting with you.